All my life, been grinding all my life Sacrifice, hustle paid the price Want a slice, got the roll of dice That's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life It's time to grind! Hello everyone and welcome to the Grounded Podcast. I'm your host Randall Tucker. That was Nipsey Hussle bringing us in with his song Grinding All My Life. Let's hit that rail we call life and let's grind it. This is our very first Grounded Podcast and I want to thank you for joining with me today. And what I want to do in this first podcast, actually probably in the next two or three podcasts, is to just introduce the concept behind Grind It. The foundation is based on Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 through 3 and we'll take a look at those verses in a few minutes. Um, but first, let me give you just a brief introduction about the book of Hebrews. Uh, it was written to encourage Christ's followers that were growing weary due to challenges they were facing in life, much like you and I. Uh, they were ready to give up the faith, and in fact, some even did. In Hebrews chapter 11, the author, he gives all these examples of how normal people, just like them and just like you and me, they, they struggled as well, but they kept their faith and they kept going, or they kept grinding, if you will. And listen to how he starts chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. And what we're going to do over the next few broadcasts is break Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. We're going to break it down. But let's be honest. Life is good at times, and life is hard at times. There's mountaintops, and there's valleys. It's just a, a, like a roller coaster. It's just up and down, up and down. And when it's bad, we're, and we're facing these challenges, these life challenges, and they seem unbearable, and many times it discourages us, and we can use some encouraging, right? And that's basically what I want to do with Grind It, is just to encourage people who are having a hard time, and they feel like they're all alone, and I want to remind them that they're not. Uh, that we are here with you, we're praying for you, and if you send your requests into us, and, and they will not be announced on the air or anything, and we will pray for you, and we will uh, try our best to encourage you the best way that we can. When people are struggling with a life challenge, we, we tend to think that we're the only one that is dealing with it. But the fact is, there are many people who have dealt with the same or similar issue, and they can help encourage us to keep grinding and not lose hope. Uh, let me give you a, an example. The other day, I, 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 I'm a little Debbie. Uh, I have a little Debbie route in East Knoxville. And I was in, in one of my stores, and as I was going in, I noticed a guy sitting in his truck, and I go in the store, I don't think a whole lot about it, and this guy comes inside the store, and he's uh, a, a man of color, about 275 pounds, looks like the Incredible Hulk, I mean, muscles galore, just, just a huge dude, and in Knoxville, we have to wear masks, and I made some homemade masks, and, and the mask I had on that particular day, it said, trust Jesus, not masks. And it had a Bible verse on it. For Right now, I can't think of what the verse is. But this guy comes in the store, and I look at him, and I, I, I didn't think anything about it. I just looked at him, 
and he walks by me and he says, trust Jesus. And I said, that's right, man, we got to trust Jesus. And just from him reading my mask and from that little short uh, exchange of words, he turns and he looks at me, this big, humongous, incredible Hulk looking dude, huge. He just starts telling me his life story. And it is a very, very uh, hard life that he has lived. And he was probably in his late 30s, maybe early 40s, about my age. And he he just broke down right there in that store, not caring who was around. He just spills his life story. And he he tells me the things that he has faced and what he's been through and uh, the challenges that life has thrown his way, and, and I don't want to get into the details of it, uh, but he has had a very, very hard life. And all I needed to do was listen, and and the guy was just bawling in tears while he, he was telling me his story. So uh, at one point when he had finished talking, I, just, I said, dude, I just want to give you a hug. And so I walked over, and I gave this ginormous dude a, a hug, and and he was wiping tears away. And so I uh, I said, because uh, I, I I do this all the time with with the homeless people uh, and other people. They don't have to be homeless, but just people in need. I, I I'll give them some little Debbie product. Um, and so I asked him. I said, Are you hungry? And he starts crying again. He said, "He said, dude, you're just a blessing from God. He said, I don't know what's going on, why I keep crying. But he said, uh, I've been living in my car, my truck. I just got out of a prison. I'm li- I have no place to go. I haven't eaten in two days. And so I gave him a, a lot of Little Debbie products so it would last him for you know a little while anyway. And he would at least have something to eat. And he took that and he was appreciative. And he said, let me give you another hug. And, and he hugs me. He said, he says, you're a good dude. You're a good dude. Thank you for being a Christ follower and, 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 and listening to me uh, today. And he starts tearing up again and just tells me I'm a huge blessing. And this is the idea behind Grind It. You know, you know it, it, we don't have to be a super Christian. We don't have to be a superhero. All we have to do is lend an ear and listen. And, and, and even like when we're in a grocery store or, or we're in a shopping center, wherever we're at, if we're standing in line somewhere and we're checking out or whatever, if we just listen to people and just listen to what they're saying, not eavesdropping on their conversations, but just listening to what they say, they will tell you their needs. And the, it's, it's very simple. Do whatever you can to meet their need. And be a blessing to people. And that's the idea behind grinding. Because life is hard. Life is difficult. And it's discouraging sometimes. And we need all the encouragement that we can get. And, and that's what we want to do at Grind It. We want to help people to grind life. Um, the word grind, there's some, some synonyms that help define the word grind. is work, labor. All these words we don't like, really. Work, labor, travail, toil. Drudgery, grind. It means activity involving effort or e- exertion. You know, one one thing that uh, that really irks me is 
you know, we like to throw money at stuff. We think, you know, if I give somebody money, I'm helping. If I give money to this missionary, well, I'm helping them. If I, you know, I, I see this need over here. So I, instead of me getting involved and getting my hands dirty, I'll just throw some money at it. But, and, and that's okay. There, there's nothing really wrong with that. But it would, I promise you, it will change your life if you would actually help meet that need physically. If you would, you know, get your hands dirty. Uh, I always said, uh, that, and I still say, that if God, God should have required for us to, to have to go on a mission trip to, to get into heaven. In 1994, I went into Mexico. It's 8,000 feet, 8, feet up in the Sierra Madre Mountains. In one little village where Vista didn't even have electricity. Uh, and just just being there for, for that week and building that church building where we did and seeing those people. I mean, the, the greatest loaf of bread I ever put in my mouth came out of a, a dirt mound behind this guy's little tin shack. And I mean, when I say it's a tin shack, he built it out of whatever tin he could find. And he had this dirt mound behind it. And he had a little door and he could pull out that bread out of that flame, that fire in that dirt hill, and it cost me one peso, and it was absolutely the best bread I've ever had. But when you get outside of these United States and you go into a third world country and you see how hard they have it and how you, you really realize how great we have it. You know, we have a lot of challenges and we, have a lot, uh, uh, we face a lot of things, uh, especially in our day and time right now, but it will it will humble you and, and it will open your eyes to reality and you you will really appreciate the uh, more of the things that, that we have in the in the, the things that we get to do here in the United States. But anyway, besides chasing that rabbit, uh, this word grind, it's a word used in the Bible. Uh, it, you don't find the word grind, but what you do find is this word endure. Endure. There's many, many verses in the Bible about uh, this word endure. Uh, one is Matthew chapter 24, verse 13, when Jesus says, But the one who endures to the end will be saved. The one who endures to the end will be saved. So quitting is not an option. And so what I want to do with Grind It is to encourage you to keep going, to keep grinding, and not give up because it is not an option. We want you to reach the end. Let's take a break. I have nothing left. Is there anything that doesn't look like it's her? Your shorts. My shorts. They're dirty. So like I said at the beginning of the podcast, what we're going to do is break down Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 through 3. So let's just get on into that now. In the first part of first of the first verse, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, have you ever been involved in sports or in, a, in some type of band like a worship band or a country band or a rock band? Anything that, uh, that where you're surrounded by a crowd and, and they're cheering you on. It, it just motivates you. It, it gets you so hyped up. Um, in the past, I haven't been in a while, but in the past I used to go to uh, Neyland Stadium a lot to watch the Tennessee Vols play football and been to some basketball games. But Neyland Stadium is one of the largest stadiums in the United States. And there's huge crowds. There's over a hundred thousand people, and and when the Vols would get on defense, some of the players would wave their arms to get the crowd going, like on third down, and they'd start hyping, they'd start playing that music to get them all hyped up, and and the players are jumping up and down, and they're waving their arms. It gets so loud 
that you literally cannot hear the person sitting next to you. I mean, you have to get up in their ear and put your hands over your mouth and scream in their ear. So I can't imagine what it would be like down on the field. But the players constantly talk about how the, the crowd noise helps them out. Uh, when Baker Mayfield played for Oklahoma, he said this in an interview about Neyland Stadium. He says, you can't beat the Cotton Bowl. There's nothing like that. But last year, when we went to play Tennessee in Neyland Stadium, that was prob- probably the best game experience I've had and probably will ever have. That's a different type of loud. I can't even describe it. It was unbelievable. Well, as Christians, the Hebrew author says that we have even a greater crowd cheering us on. We have heavenly hosts and all of those who went before us. And he's talking about those from the, the what we call the faith chapter of Hebrews chapter 11. He said we're surrounded by this great crowd of witnesses. And, and they're literally cheering us on to keep grinding, to, to keep going and not to give up. And that's what he's trying to tell uh, his his audience there is the Hebrew author is, is writing to these people who have grown weary and they're giving up their faith and they're going back into Judaism and, and they're leaving the church, they're leaving Christ to go back into a dead religion. And he said, no, look, you're, you're surrounded by this huge crowd of witnesses and they're cheering you on to, to keep grinding. There's a there's a story in 2 Kings chapter 6 that I, that I really love. And we have the prophet Elisha and he's he's helping the king of Israel by telling him all the moves that that the Arameans are making. That's that that was Israel's enemy who was trying to go to war against Israel. And the king of Aram uh, gets so angry because every move that he makes, the Israelites are taken care of. They already know what's going on. And so he 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 gets so angry. He's so mad. He wants to know why does this keep happening? How 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 are they finding this out? And so he finds out about Elisha, and he sends an army to capture Elisha. And one morning, Elisha and his servants wake up, or his servant wakes up to an army surrounding the whole city. And the servant, when he wakes up and he sees this army, and they're all surrounded, he's scared to death. He's scared out of his mind, and and he starts freaking out. And he's like, "What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do, Elisha? Look at this army!" But listen to closely. Listen closely to Elisha's response. In Second Kings chapter six, verse sixteen. Elisha says this to his servant. He says, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, if you were that servant and you're with Elisha, you're looking around, you're you're saying, okay, I'm seeing the whole city surrounded by this great army who has been whipping everybody's tail. And Elisha, I only see two people here. That's me and that's you. What in the world are you talking about that there's that, that there's a whole lot more of us than it is them? But listen to what verse 17 says. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. You see, they were surrounded by angels ready to fight for them and deliver them from harm. But the servant couldn't see that. He could only see what was in front of him, which would be Elisha. And he, he could only see the army that surrounded him. And, and, and that's the way it is many times in life when, when a, a, a life challenge uh, comes our way and, and, and we get bogged down and we get discouraged. It seems like that's all that we can see is what's going on around us. And we just see the problem. We see this situation and we see uh, how we 
we, we see how we feel and, and, and we could just see the immediate. And Elisha says, God opened his eyes. And when God peeled back that veil and allowed him to see a, a realm that would be so awesome. And he sees these chariots and horses, these angels that are ready to fight on their behalf. And, and we have to realize that we have this huge crowd that that surrounds us. Not only the, the crowd that they had from the Hebrews chapter 11, these people who have by faith have done all these great things and they have passed on and, and now they're in heaven, but we have all these people who have went to heaven before us and we have all these angels and legions of, I mean, it's, it's like it's an innumerable. We can't even fathom the number of angels that, that are ready to go to war for us. And, and you can see this in the Old Testament. Uh, the, the the battle that goes on in the book of Daniel in, in, in a spiritual realm. And, and, and Paul talks about in Ephesians 6 how we're not fighting a, a, a war with flesh, but against principalities and powers in places it's just beyond what we can see with our natural eyes. But we have this crowd that is surrounding us and they are encouraging us to keep grinding, not, not to give up, but to keep going so the second part of verse one he says you know we're surrounded by this crowd so we need to keep going so he says let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up now this is the example i came up with you know i've, I've been an athlete my whole life played t-ball since i was four or five years old and then went into baseball and skateboarding uh softball as i got older i still skateboard some and just been an athlete so that's, that's a lot of my examples will go back to being an athlete and I, i'm thinking of an athlete and, and when they're training that they, they strap weights to their body and, and while they're running they're swimming any type of exercise that they'll do a lot of times they'll strap ankle weights on and wrist weights and and body weights uh, just so to make their muscles stronger and if you've ever done this you know what i'm talking about those weights, they, they may make us stronger, but they slow us down. We, we can't run near as fast as, as, as we would normally. And, and so what do we do? Like Obviously, we're not going to enter a race and, and, and strap those weights on our bodies. No, we're going, we're going to take those weights off for a competition so we can run faster. Now, when I played baseball, I used something called a donut. Not a donut that you eat you know, with it's covered in chocolate or glaze or whatever, but... But it was a weight that made the bat heavier, and, and when you swing the bat, you swing it much slower than normal because of the weight. So a, a baseball player, he stands on the on-deck circle, or a softball player, and the, the lady stands on the on-deck circle, and they're getting ready for their turn to bat, and they'll use this donut, this weight that goes on their bat, and, it, and it, it's heavy. And so they'll stand in the on-deck circle, and, and they're practicing their swing as the pitcher pitches. They're trying to time his his pitches and they swing the bat with that weight on it but their 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 swing is much slower and so when it's their time to bat they'll pop the bat on the ground that donut pops off and they walk up the home plate and sure enough here comes here comes the pitch they they have timed their pitch and the, the the pitcher's pitches in the on deck circle and they go to swing their bat 
And now that that weight is off and they've been swinging the bat on the on deck circle with that weight, now that the weight is gone, their bat speed is so much faster. And when they connect with that baseball or that softball, it, it just it goes much further because their, their speed, their swing is greater. They, they don't have the weight on their bat and their bat is lighter and it gives them more speed. Uh, these two examples that the Hebrew author uh, that I've used, what the Hebrew author is trying to say is, he says life, he's saying that life struggles bring weight and it becomes strapped to our bodies and it slows us down. Uh, the weight wears us down and it, we become weary and discouraged. And these weights, they, they, they come in various ways from our own bad decisions beyond our control like a sickness or a, a disease. But the Hebrew author, he, he mentions something specifically. He says, Especially the sin that easily trips us up. Sin is anything that goes against the word of God. If God says us, tells us to do something and we don't do it, that's sin. That, that Anything that goes against what he says to do, and we choose not to do it or we choose to do it, uh, then it, it, it's, it's sin. And when we sin, we are adding weight to our lives. The heavier the weight, the slower we go. It's kind of like computers even. When we first get that computer and it's brand new, it runs so fast. But then spyware and viruses creep in and it begins to slow down. And, and it, sometimes it'll even crash and, and we have to take it to a repair shop. And then the computer specialist, he'll run some software and it cleans it out. It gets rid of the junk and the computer runs fast again. Well, we have a repairman and his name is Jesus, right? We are washed in his blood. Our sins are forgiven. And sometimes we just, I mean, let's face it, sometimes we just need a tune-up. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, John says, My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, and believe me, we all sin, right? We all sin and come short of the glory of God. But if anyone does sin, and we will, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. We have a lawyer. We have a, a dude that goes, on, uh, goes before the Father on our behalf. And then John tells us who that is. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. We, we are washed by the blood of Jesus, and we are continued. When we follow Christ and we keep going, we keep grinding, his blood continually washes our sins away. We are forgiven and he gives us that tune-up, that he cleanses us from all that weight. And here's the thing about it, folks. We're not alone. We have each other. We, we have Jesus. And, and that's what we're to do. We, have, we are to encourage one another to keep going, to keep grinding. And by the power that's in the blood of Christ, we, we have freedom from the weight that trips us up. And we need to be reminded of that. Thank you for listening to the Grind It podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time, and when a challenge comes your way, just my, grind it. Been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle, pay the price, want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life, all my life, been grinding all my life.